You are listening to episode number 126 of Conjuring Up Courage. After space, time, and a whole lot of healing, I'm revisiting my divorce and some of the most important lessons I learned from it in this solo episode. If I had to go through hell, y'all might as well glean some of the wisdom I gained in the experience. To access the show notes and a full transcript of this episode, head to shoredavidi.com forward slash 126. That's shoredavidi.com forward slash 126. The show notes also include a free downloadable divorce survival guide that I put together with tools and exercises for folks going through divorces and breakups. This is Conjuring Up Courage, and I'm your host, Shore Davidi. As a self-trust coach, I help people come home to themselves so they can be more of who they are and less haunted by who they think they're supposed to be. I created this podcast to celebrate what's possible when you commit to being brave. You'll hear from diverse guests who are refusing to let fear and self-doubt stop them from building fulfilling lives and creating a better world for everyone. I'll also teach you my favorite tools, strategies, and mindset shifts so you can do the same. Consider this your invitation to stop living according to shoulds and to step into your motherfucking magic instead. Stay open, get curious, and let's grow together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another solo episode with yours truly. I am recording this in late March. We just passed the Persian New Year, aka the Spring Equinox. So a belated Eid Shema Mubarak to everyone. Happy Nowruz. Happy springtime. I am very excited that I am hearing all the birds chirping and the trees and the flowers are in bloom. My most favorite tree in all of Texas is the Texas Mountain Laurel, and they have these beautiful purple blooms and they have like this incredible perfume of a smell that is one of my favorite smells in the entire world. And I look forward to it every spring. They're literally only in bloom for a couple of weeks. So blink and you could miss it. But I smelled my first one in the neighborhood this past week. And it just always makes me think of renewal and the cyclical nature of life and just all those feelings that springtime tends to bring up. And that backdrop feels especially appropriate given today's topic. So in this episode, as well as in episode number 128, I'm going to be doing a bit of a solo episode two-parter. The topics are related, and in both, I'm going to be revisiting topics from last year with today's lens. Many of you probably remember episode number 100 from last year, which was released as part of Pride Palooza. It was titled Identity, Divorce, and Coming Out Again. I will link it in the show notes in case you didn't catch it or if you want to give it another listen. But long story short, in that episode, I shared my queer journey up to that point. That included talking about going from thinking I was straight to identifying as bisexual to identifying as a lesbian, as well as discussing my divorce and the end of my 10-year relationship with a man. If you do happen to remember that episode, then you also likely remember that it was an incredibly emotional episode for me to record at the time. I wanted to do it, though, to help me process my grief, as well as to help others going through similar things feel less alone. I will say that from my current vantage point, it definitely feels a little weird to look back at that episode. So to put everything in the context of a timeline, I first asked my ex for a divorce in August of 2020. 
we decided 100% we were getting divorced in September of 2020. We then waited to file for divorce until January of 2021 for tax reasons. And because Texas has a waiting period, our divorce wasn't officially finalized until March of 2021. So the math on that, for those of you who don't want to calculate for yourselves, is that it's been a year and seven months-ish since I initially asked for a divorce. It's been just over a year since my divorce was legally granted, and it's been just under a year since I recorded episode number 100 in May of 2021. And outside of simply having time and space and the opportunity to heal more fully in between then and now, y'all know that a whole lot has happened in my love life in the past eight months, too. Namely, I met and fell madly in love with Riot Girl, who, by the way, has given me permission to use her real name going forward. So surprise reveal, Riot Girl's actual name is Jessie. And as an update on how that's going, we actually just moved in together two weeks ago. She moved from San Antonio to my house in Austin, and I wrote a cute little post about it on IG that I will link to in the show notes if you want to learn more. Anywho... Circling back, when I recorded episode number 100, I never could have guessed what would unfold in the year ahead. I was very much speaking to a specific moment in time for me, and I understood intimately that my thoughts and feelings were likely to keep changing. Literally in the episode, I said, and I'm quoting from the transcript here, much of what I'll be talking about today, I'm still unpacking and navigating myself, both solo and with my wonderful therapist and community. As I continue to figure things out, I may change my mind about certain things or develop different thoughts and opinions that I'm sharing today, and I reserve the right to do that. And yeah, I can tell you that from where I sit now, I have a deeper and more nuanced understanding of my divorce and my queerness than I did when I recorded that episode, which is why I am sitting down today to talk about lessons I learned from my divorce and why I'll be sitting down in a few weeks to talk about how I didn't know I was gay for episode number 128. I'll be honest, there's absolutely a part of me that is like, I am so, so, so happy now. So why am I bothering to drudge any of this up again when I could simply keep moving forward and never look back? But the part of me that is a coach and an educator and a marginalized person who knows how important it is to feel seen and heard is also the part of me that understands how resources like this can be a life raft for people who feel like they're drowning. I can tell you from personal experience that one of the worst parts of getting divorced is that it feels lonely as fuck the majority of the time. And coming out under the circumstances that I did also felt lonely as fuck. So if there's a chance for me to connect with folks so they feel a little less lonely through some of the hardest moments of their lives, I am going to do that. With that, let's get into some of the most impactful lessons I learned from my divorce. The first lesson has to do with what I just said about divorce being lonely as fuck. And it's that when you are going through something life-altering, it's crucial to your well-being to interact with other people going through similar things. Something that really sucks about divorce and anything that involves heavy grieving is that it feels like you're all on your own and no one could possibly understand what you're experiencing. People are going about their lives like everything is fine and normal, and you just want to scream at them. Like, how do you not see that everything is not okay and that it's not business as usual? The times when I felt the most anchored were when I was communicating with people who were also going through divorces simultaneously or who had been divorced in the past. 
A very close friend of mine started her divorce process about six months before I did, and she was a rock for me. And it was so nice that she was always a few steps ahead in the process because it helped me to know what to expect as well as what to look forward to. And our divorces occurred under very different circumstances, but that didn't matter because there was still so much overlap in our overall experiences. I will say that it's definitely nice if you have someone in your life who's gone through something very similar to you. I was lucky that my therapist had ended a long-term relationship under very similar circumstances to my own and that she self-disclosed that to me with my permission. But exact matching details are definitely not a necessity for taking comfort in community when you're struggling with something. There are also thankfully more ways to find community than tapping into the pool of folks you already know. The internet is a weird and wild place, but it sure does come in handy for finding community around shared experiences. As an example, Reddit is not a place I ever thought I'd be spending my time. But when I discovered the late bloomer lesbian subreddit, that changed very quickly. Because suddenly, I had access to thousands of posts from people struggling with all the same identity and relationship shit that I was. And that was super powerful for me. Additionally, there are also support groups and therapy groups around different shared experiences like divorce that can put you in touch with people you wouldn't meet otherwise, and those exist both in person and virtually. I would say you can also get a sense of comfort and community from resources that speak to a shared experience, regardless of whether you ever actually interact with anyone. Podcast episodes, books, articles, courses, and social media accounts about what you're going through can all help you feel less alone and may feel more accessible than opening up to other humans. At the end of the day, the most important thing is that you find community with people going through similar things somewhere. It is so easy to withdraw when you're hurting, but isolating almost always makes things worse instead of better. So make the effort to nurture your well-being by finding folks who understand you and your pain, at least on some level. Another lesson I learned from my divorce is that it's vital to know what your natural tendencies are under immense stress so that you can plan for them. Which is not to say you can perfectly plan for something you've never gone through before. When I got divorced, I had never been under anywhere near that level of stress and grief in my entire life. However, had I looked to previous breakups or other challenging situations from my past, I would have found clues about what kinds of less than ideal behaviors I might adopt when going through something as intense as a divorce. For me, when I am on the struggle bus, I tend to lose my appetite and have a difficult time prioritizing making meals and eating in general. I tend to throw myself into my work and spend a lot of hours in front of my computer. And I tend to experience increased executive dysfunction, where remembering to do things like reply to texts and emails can feel especially hard. I did not plan very well for dealing with those things over the course of my divorce, and as a result, my health and well-being suffered more than I would have liked during that period of time. And to be clear, I don't hold any shame about how I coped with my grief. I recognize that I was doing the very best I could under terrible circumstances, and the most important thing is that I got through it. And now, having done so, the benefit to future me is knowing what to expect the next time I go through something very challenging. I hope I never get divorced again, but for the sake of this example, let's say I do, or let's say I experience some other huge loss. I'll know that I need to ask for assistance with meal planning and that I need to stock my freezer and pantry with palatable foods that I'm willing to eat even when I have minimal appetite. I'll know that I need to have reasons to force myself to stop working, like friend dates or other appointments on my calendar, so that I don't overdo it and burn myself out. And I'll know that I need to have systems in place to keep me from dropping the ball on communications or to at least set the expectation with others that my responses will be more delayed than usual. 
Also, notice how in gathering this intel about myself, I didn't conclude that I need to try to force myself to change or that my natural tendencies are wrong or bad. Rather, I am accepting of how I tend to function, and my takeaways are about how to work with those tendencies as opposed to working against them. As I say all the time in my self-trust coaching work, we can't do anything about the things we're not aware of, so I'm grateful to have this awareness now. Something else I learned from my divorce, and let me try to say this without sounding like a fortune cookie, is it's never too late to change your life. Ugh, I know that sounds cheesy, but let me explain. I often hear people say, what's the point when it comes to making big changes to their lives, whether that's getting a divorce, coming out, going back to school, changing careers, etc. What's the point when they're too old or they're too settled or they're too invested and on and on? But the thing is, the fact that you've already spent time, money, and energy on one path doesn't mean it's a wise investment to spend more time, money, and energy on that path if it's the wrong path for you. Y'all, we get one life, one, and none of us know how long we have to live. You don't have to settle for good enough. You are allowed to want great and to take steps to get it. What's the point? The point of changing your life is that it matters to you and feels important to you. The point is that if making a change takes you closer to living authentically and in alignment with your values and who you know yourself to be, then that is a fantastic reason to make a change. We are multifaceted beings and there will always be new things for us to discover about ourselves. As humans, we have the incredible capacity to shift and evolve from month to month, year to year, and through each fresh chapter of our lives. I didn't realize I was queer until I was already married, and there were hundreds of logical reasons I could have stayed in my marriage. We were 10 years in. I had already made a commitment. Society sees divorce as failure. I would be giving up my financial stability. I was in an objectively good and supportive partnership, and on and on and on. I beat myself over the head with those reasons, but those reasons couldn't outweigh the nagging feeling I felt inside that told me there was more to love and marriage and there was more for me. If I hadn't left, I would never have met the love of my life and what I had with my ex, while meaningful, cannot hold a candle to what I have with Jesse. And an even harder lesson I learned that dovetails with this one is that the path to the life you want to be living is more often than not paved with the frustration of uncertainty and the growing pains of change. Unfortunately, the thing that is best for future you may be a complete and total shitstorm for current you and other people in your orbit. One of the things that made asking for a divorce and the process of divorce so excruciating for me is that my ex and I were having different experiences in our marriage. So when I asked for a divorce, and specifically when I asked for a divorce on account of being gay, it hurt him deeply in ways I'll never fully know. And if you've ever hurt someone that you've loved and cared about, as most of us have, you know that it fucking sucks. For a long time, I harbored a lot of guilt over the end of my marriage and what my ex went through. But the truth is, my empathy over the fact that I hurt him by asking for a divorce was concealing the fact that by staying in my marriage, I would have been hurting myself. There's also a larger social conditioning component to this. Women and marginalized folks especially are taught to put the needs of other people above their own, particularly the needs of spouses in heterosexual relationships as well as children. A whole lot of people stay in unhappy marriages for decades because they've been taught to view their needs as less important than the needs of everyone else involved. And that's on top of the reality of inertia. The more comfortable you are with where you're at, the more difficult it feels to move in a different direction. Believe me, I get that. 
But as Glennon Doyle says, we can do hard things. The beautiful, magical futures we envision for ourselves are rarely unceremoniously dropped into our laps. Usually, we have to roll up our sleeves and fight for them. Usually, things get way worse before they get better. So we have to remind ourselves over and over that we are worthy of full, joyful, and meaningful lives, whatever that looks like for us, and that sacrificing our happiness for the happiness of others doesn't make us good people. So to recap the last two lessons, it's never too late for you to make a change, and even though change probably won't be easy, that doesn't mean it won't be worth it. That brings us to the final lesson I learned from my divorce that I'll be sharing in this episode, which is... When it comes to the people you love, especially in romantic relationships, be like Elsa and let shit go. In the aftermath of my divorce, when I had plenty of time on my hands to do a post-mortem on my relationship with my ex, something that came up for me was regret over lots of petty shit, unnecessary fights that we had, times I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt, times when I was impatient and unkind for no real reason, the way criticisms could quickly overshadow gratitude. And in a conversation with my ex, I actually told him that if I could go back, knowing that the relationship had an expiration date, maybe I would have made more of an effort to not sweat the small stuff and be in the present moment instead. Of course, it was and is far too late for me to change how I showed up in that relationship, but I promised myself that I would make an effort to do better in any future relationships, that I would be kinder and more patient, that I would let the little stuff go, because in the end, that stuff doesn't fucking matter. If my divorce taught me anything, it's that I should do my best to not take love for granted when I have it. Because all romantic relationships end one way or another. You either break up or someone dies. That is the heart-wrenching reality of loving someone. Knowing that, really knowing it in my bones, is what encourages me to show up as a softer, gentler person in my current relationship. And lest you get the wrong idea, I am not perfect at this. And there's also the fact that Jesse and I have been together for eight months and not eight plus years. I know that showing up how I want to in our relationship will get harder as time passes and life gets tougher. But once again, it's the awareness of how I want to show up and why that is key here, because it's something I can keep coming back to as my goal, even when I inevitably stray from it from time to time because I'm human. What I know is that I don't want the expression, you don't know what you have until it's gone, to be true for our relationship. I want to always hold in my heart what we have and do my best to honor it. All right, y'all, that is all the wisdom I have to share with you today. Hopefully the gems I managed to dig up out of the coal mine of despair that was my divorce have some value for you too. Additionally, if you are going through a divorce or the end of a long-term relationship yourself, I put together a free divorce survival guide download for this episode with tools and exercises you may find helpful. You can find that in the show notes, and those are available at shoredavidi.com forward slash 126. That's shoredavidi.com forward slash 126. And lastly, as I mentioned earlier, technically this episode is a two-parter. Episode number 127 will feature a guest, and then episode number 128 will delve deeper into answering the question that has been on many people's minds, which is, how did you not know you were gay? As always, thank you for listening. It means the world to me. And that's our show for today. If you're enjoying Conjuring Up Courage, don't forget to subscribe through your podcast provider of choice so you never miss an episode. Additionally, if you haven't left a rating and review in the Apple Podcasts app yet, you can do so from any Apple device to 
to help more people find and benefit from the show. I also love hearing from listeners, so feel free to take a screenshot from your podcast player, post on social media, and tag me. My username is at Shoray on all platforms. Finally, you can sign up for my email newsletter, The Sunday Share, and get more details about how to work with me by going to shoraydavidi.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode.